Delaney. And this is Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Guten Tag. Okay. <laughs> Guten Tag. Right, all you gotta do is say it back. Not me. You know what? Somebody don't want this this news to happen. Actually, I'm only doing one piece of news this week. Sorry, y'all. Because I had it pulled up. And then before, I think I, because, you know, the black excellence I was going to do, I mm-hmm. think we did, we already did that person, like, way earlier. Mm-hmm. So, I X'd out the thing, but I think I accidentally X'd out my news instead. Mm-hmm. And now, this pop-up that I can't get rid of is here when I pulled it back up, so. Listen, except what God allows. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> Guess what it is. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I'll do my little my one piece of news. Okay, twenty minute episode. My one piece of news this so week. So you say that now we here till eleven thirty. Why would you say that? Nah, mm, I mean I do have a little extra for the intermission, but nah, nah, nah. nah we, we we finna get out of here. Um, so my news this week comes from the classically black inbox. Um, okay, y'all sticking it? around to the end. Period. Now last week, um. We got an email about getting a book in the mail. Did you get yours? Did you check? Mm-hmm. You probably didn't check. Okay. <laughs> you got yours? Yeah, I just got it today. Girl, how you all the way up there? You got yours. I ain't getting mine. Well, he mailed it on Monday. Mail been real funny lately. Like, real funny. I went like three weeks without getting a mail. I'm like, I ain't that girl. I'm saying. Hmm. Okay, maybe two weeks. But still, that's still a ridiculous yeah. amount of time. Yeah, especially they give a mail. I was like, dang, really? I'm like, she's stealing my mail? But then I was USPS? Like you said what? USPS? I'm saying no nary letter, nary nothing. Dang, because uh I remember during like when it was like overwhelming and stuff, they had them they was out in with the little headlights on that you have at a construction site in the dark oh. delivering mail. That's not funny. I just think it's ridiculous. But like I'm like cause they they be out there no matter what. <laughs> I mean maybe I just not that girl, I don't get no mail. Okay. <laughs> Send Katie fan mail, publishing her address in the link to the episode. What? Not in the link. <laughs> in the description. You see how you see how the, the God blocked that. <laughs> so why don't you say a little news? Anyway. Um anyway, book is coming out next month. Um that is gonna be talking about the relationship between or rather a, a tour um between the Philadelphia Orchestra um and the People's Republic of China. I said relationship because it was under an interesting premise. So in 1973, Western music had been banned in the People's Republic of China. Um, But in a remarkable breakthrough cultural exchange, the Philadelphia Orchestra conducted a tour of of China during that time, becoming the first American orchestra to visit the nation. Um, So the book is called Beethoven in Beijing, Stories from the Philadelphia Orchestra's Historic Journey to China. Um, It's by Jennifer Lin. Um, and it's going to be published on May 24th. I was about to say the year. It's this year. May 24th. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. 2033. <laughs> um, and first of all, this book is, it's all, y'all can't see what I'm doing. It's, it's Matt. I mean, like, I thought, I don't know, like, usually, not usually, but like, 
I feel like sometimes when orchestras be doing stuff, like it just be like, it's a little one off, like whatever. But it's like a, it's all slick and it's okay, it's thicker than I thought on. it was gonna be. Has a bunch of pictures in it. Um, and there's also um um a black violinist by the name of Booker Rowe who's featured in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has some interviews with some orchestra members who were on the tour, so you know we might could do something with that. We'll see. I just got mine today, so I haven't um been able to to read a lot of it. I just kind of flipped through it, but um, uh, the author draws from interviews, personal diaries, and news accounts to give voice to the American and Chinese uh, musicians, diplomats, journalists, and others who participated in and witnessed uh, the tour. Um, so yeah, if you want to see that, um, like I said, it's, there's a lot of photos, um, just of China during this time and, um, which it was considerably more closed off to the rest of the world. Uh, so that could be interesting to see. And also, um, some firsthand accounts from the musicians. So I will put a link in the description if y'all want to, um, check it out. Period. Yo, we zoom in. Okay. It's one of my favorite intermissions. We're doing listens lately. Love doing this. Who you listening to this week, Delaney? Who you got first? You, huh? I said, who you listening to this week? Who do you have first? Oh, um, oh you don't trip me up because I'll be listening to the same stuff. Um, no, but I want to say before I put on my um, my first one, there was one that I wanted to do, but I'm not doing because. I could not, I could not settle on a portion of the song to play. <laughs> Girl. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but I did not want to settle on a part. I was like, I was like, y'all literally have to listen to it. The song's like six minutes long. So <laughs> it's a little under six minutes. So I was like, y'all, I'm not playing a portion of this song. I, I can't decide. Um, Surprise, surprise by Stevie Wonder. Um, it's called They Won't Go When I Go. Um, and I was thinking about it, it had me thinking, and I remember we had, we had an exchange over voice notes about this a little while ago about like when something crosses over to secular song that's talking about God and gospel song. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's stuff that's gospel, and then there's stuff that's like it's still gospel, but it's like like, like urban contemporary gospel christian rap stuff like that mm-hmm. that's like still very much is meant for praise and worship but it has the it has different sounds and then there's secular music that talks about god and cb Wonder has a lot of that he has a song called have a talk with god which is literally about having a talk with god and <laughs> a song called heaven is 10 zillion light years away that's about like basically telling people like when you question when you question god like this is like he may not show up in situations because we also have to do some of the some of the work here ourselves and stuff like that. So he has stuff like that. But I don't know what it is about they won't go when I go, which it's really on the line for me. I think because it has some like synth in it that sounds kind of like an organ. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's also what it is. But the song is about it's about dying and going to heaven. It's really it's about going to heaven, but you have to die before you do that. So it's about that yep typically (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like i don't know like it's also just more it's like sadder than a lot of not sadder but um just more like just the more mellow or whatever than a lot of his music and it just 
it it I feel like it really takes me to church and also because he wrote it it came out in 1974 and in 1973 he got into a car accident where he almost died mm. and so obviously a near-death experience Mm-hmm. like i feel like people were like a lot of people said that he was like kind of just on a different level after that because he was in a coma for a while too oh shoot i did not know that yeah so um and i and i was reading about some person who was like close to him who was saying that when they was in a hot when they was in a the hospital they brought his instruments to him and it seemed like he was kind of afraid to playing them because he didn't know if he still could and i was like Mm. that's just very that's very sad and whatever so i feel like i was like this song is just giving it's very like just spiritual and um and yeah so i didn't want to play a portion of it because i think people should listen to it in full and yeah um and then i'll move on because i'm gonna keep talking about it so um okay so on a completely different note (laughs) One of the songs that I have been listening to is called Mascara by Jasmine Sullivan. Um, okay. Right. Okay, so I'm going to just play a little bit of it. It's basically, yeah, it's just about how you always got to be looking your best because you never know who's watching you and her dating some rich dude and whatever. It's my jam. Yeah, my hair and my ass fade. So what? So what? I get my rent paid with it, and my tits give me trips to places I can't pronounce right. He said he keep it coming if I keep my body tight. And them bitches stay mad, cause I'm living the life. Cause I'm living the life. Oh, these people think I'm shallow. Okay, so I've been listening to so much good stuff that I found. Oh my god, okay, I don't know what to share. Okay, actually, let's do this. Let's start here. So, you know, I, sometimes I'll be in my in it bag and I found okay. this. <laughs> I found this uh, British composer, um, composer, and I'm lying, a British artist named Dave. Um, composer to me. Well, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's called Starlight, and I actually love the song so much. Here we go. It's hard to hate on the truth. I'm living in enough men hate with their lies instead. Counting cash with the phone to my ear. I feel like meek on a private jet. Life or death. Five, five, eyes, flies, potential wifey. In the street, respected highly. In the street, protected. I do know my man, but I don't trust him. Trust that peas in the trap. Disgusting. Stick with a stick. PVA, PDA. Kiss that in public. South London. Why I made my South London's? Why I made my first hundred elastic bands, plastic bags, two in a blue light. Cheese and onion in Jamaica, quick vacation. It's just vibey. I like it. And, you know, I like the I like the in it girls. So I need to. I don't need to be reading nobody British because all I was thinking about when at least I be real careful with the girls, the in it's because you say one thing about them, something simple. I was like, one day I was like, I wanted to tweet so bad because I want to know. 
can you please explain the beans on toast thing? Like, I just, I just want to know like where it came from. Google, I don't say Google will answer that for me, but I, like, I want to hear what y'all are saying. Like, why beans? Why toast? But I wanted, I did not want the what well, at least our schools are the <laughs> shooting range. <laughs> so, for y'all who are not on Twitter. You know, people get, you know, whatever. People tussle on Twitter. And there's a theme. Like, it don't matter how small the disagreement is. Girl. The British people on Twitter are so aggressive. Like, they'll jump. Like, you're, you're like, okay. So, there was a TikTok going around that was, like, reenacting it. So, it was like, oh, an American will be like, what, what was it? Like, oh, you guys drive on the other side of the road? Wow, that's crazy. And the British people, like, any any small little thing, they'll be like, well, at least our schools on a shooting range and our children are getting murdered in our school. Like, and it's just like, yo. Like, <laughs> it's just like, bro. Like, it's, that's actually, especially because it's just like, that's actually really terrible. We're literally begging the government to do something about it. Right, you acting like we rallying behind it. Like, yep, love it. Right. Like, I'm like, and it's our schools. I'm just like, it's like, and I'm telling, it's it happens so often that it's like a thing. Like, like it's like a thing. Like, that's the first thing that they say. It's just like, bro, it's like actually very sad. And just also not appropriate for this for this conversation. It's like, how did you even get there? And I'll be like, at least our president. And I'm just like, girl, <laughs> right? Or they'll be, or they'll say something about like, oh, well, at least we don't have to go ten million dollars in debt to. <laughs> right. Like, you think we love paying forty five dollars for a for cancer treatment? Like, like. <laughs> Y'all have to, you know, I was going to say something rude, but, you know, my, I got some cousins that are British, so I'm going to leave alone. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something real rude. It's like some of y'all yes. ain't using that free stuff. I'm going to tell you that much. Oh. I feel like it's not a, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's just like, it don't work when it's stuff that we also hate about America. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'd be different if it was something that we really took pride in. I mean, there are people that take pride in being able to buy a bunch of guns and, and shoot up public places. But I feel like there's a lot of people who do not. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But I'm also wondering, like, this is not the conversation. This is not the platform for this conversation. But, I, okay, so I was watching a TikTok the other day, and this lady had made, she went viral because she had, like, turned a warehouse into a house. Like, from the outside it looks like a warehouse it looked like you know and people had were asking all these cops all these comments or whatever and one of the all these questions rather and all one of the questions was like aren't you kind of nervous that like this is warehouse presenting like someone could break in and she's like girl this is texas like everybody carries in texas and it was just so normal and then in the comments people were like yeah girl anybody everybody here in texas ain't nobody gonna run up on you and i'm just like I'm in the twilight zone, like for real. I feel like I feel like I'm just not. It makes me wonder, like, how many people are actually carrying this? Make me a little uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? Like, are and I always, I also because of what happened on Twitter today, I realized that I'm just in insular circles, and it kind of makes me want to branch out and talk to more people. Because are we in the minority? Like, is everybody carrying? We not carrying? You know what I'm saying? I mean. Well, one, I feel, I still feel like that question kind of stands because just because you have a gun, don't mean like what if the per- the person that run up on you could also have a gun, like 
yeah. it's just gonna be like in that in that movie the hard day fall when it was like who could draw the quickest like that's still scary but um um but also i mean i don't know if i, I don't know about minority i don't know a lot of my a, a, a lot of people not a lot but a few people in my family own guns and it was like <laughs> it was like and when they found out i lived alone it was like yeah, you gotta, you know my, my cousin she was gun? like my girl huh a lot of people have told me to get a gun yeah my cousin was like girl you got a pistol i was like <laughs> i personally feel like it's pointless considering if we had a different judicial system i would consider it but i feel like it is pointless you break into my apartment you try to run up on me i shoot you i go to jail you see what i'm saying like you, that's yeah. gonna happen quickly well he thought it was his house and and why were you mean to him and okay so he pinned you down so what girl like you know like I don't, <laughs> okay like if he i'm like so if he thought it was his house while my glass broken well he forgot his key and 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 <laughs> well he's from florida I'm like but he grew up in memphis and you're being mean to him and eighty thousand years i don't want to <laughs> also i just feel like it's kind of pointless because if somebody break up in here i might have a heart attack well before i can roll over oh, and get girl. a gun so. <laughs> i've seen myself in in near death situations i know i like when this girl i had we were we were driving up to this um place we used to teach we used to teach in a rural um town um when i was an undergrad on saturdays we go up there teaching rural town this girl driving she whipping this truck i ain't saying nothing whatever she drives she skid off the road you would think you would think i'll be hi girl I sat there I was like well like I didn't like, so so I know that was and I wasn't like I didn't did I think we were gonna die I don't know I don't remember because it wasn't even that deep like she skidded off the road but like I never bit because the people I know could drive so it's like what <laughs> <laughs> you come like wait why are you driving like this in the snow like why are you doing too much in the snow so she's got the road I ain't screaming nothing her kid in the back screaming I'm just like oh wow like this is my day she driving like they were a kid in a car oh, it, it wasn't even she wasn't even driving reckless but I just feel like because like the snow I don't remember either, either it had snowed the day before or it was snowing I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. and you know people be wearing their tires out today bald so it's like she's I don't know what happens I just sat there I was like oh here we go that's crazy it's happened today so when you you breaking here you over here i'm like baby girl what you what you want because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to scream i'm not gonna be able to do nothing i'm gonna be like wow that's crazy you in here you gonna kill me huh that's wild you heard me katie was on the phone with me when i thought somebody was in my grandma's house with me i I was at my grandma's house by myself i thought i heard somebody on the other side of the house i was like yo it's a back door take what you need please leave me out of it (laughs) i'm telling you like first of all i don't in in this freaking neighborhood the neighborhood i live in like you came into this you had all of this like you came in here you over here you messed up you had all of this you had the world is your oyster in this neighborhood (laughs) okay big dog um what was i talking about the next song no right how do we get on the oh because i asked you are we in the minority that we don't oh we're carrying guns i just don't see myself i I also don't I shot a gun before I didn't really like it wasn't really my gig I really I really don't want one I really don't but I'm also it a very paranoid my- person so <laughs> and also yeah I've just seen too much I don't need you don't it be on your license that you have one 
and I don't, don't it see I don't need I don't need no more drama and also the way I'm set up I'm very overly cautious so the way I would have my gun I have a nephew if I, the way I would have my gun set up it's not really gonna do me no it's gonna be in a safe and with the bullets right, you gotta store separately well, well I'm gonna tell them to hold on while, while I set my gun right. <laughs> like like so I just don't I, I don't see it working out for me hopefully I might get like a, one of them real strong tasers or something um, cause right now I'm really, I'm really hanging all by it. <laughs> I don't know where, uh, God has been covering me <laughs> because I, all I got is a whistle. So, <laughs> okay. You know, what's funny though. Okay. It's not funny, but it's funny. Listen, I like, I like, I like, you know, I like a little ghetto stuff sometimes. So there was a fight on Twitter that went viral. You saw you that? You told me you didn't like fights. I don't like fights, but this one, I don't like fights, but this one was funny. Let me okay. Tell you why. <laughs> So every rule is an exception. This girl had a taste. She was antagonizing these black ladies. She had a taste. <gasps> I know exactly which one you talking girl, about. Girl, that was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Because it was no blood. It was no gore. It was no bashing heads yeah, against the rocks. Yeah, no one. Like, when you see somebody take a far hit their head where it feels like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. That's why I don't like fights. I don't. Because anything could happen. And a lot of y'all yeah. be playing for blood. Like, y'all are like, let's kill this uh yeah. person you know what i'm saying i've seen i've seen some fights in my day you know i grew i grew, I grew up in the suburbs but like okay. i've seen some fights in my day because you know i you know we grew up i grew up in a suburb that was hood of jace you know what i'm saying it was fun because like y'all it's high school like that when, when daphne ran up on that girl they when, when daphne ran on the table that was the y'all, best i've day heard of about my this before life. <laughs> <laughs> not the best day of your life hey <laughs> Covering you in fire, sis. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I had. I. I. I went to. I mean, I was in arts high school. Wasn't nobody really fighting. But when I was in middle school, yeah, yes, people were fighting. I was. I got in fights. I've been in a fight before. Dang, I've never been in a fight. I've been in very short. Well, I don't know if they could be. They're really like one two, because this one dude he hit me and I slapped him. And cut his eye because I had that's that was before I started playing the bass because I had acrylics and I had the sharp ones like the square mm, shape oh. before they was rounding them mm. out and that's how you know it didn't nobody like him because the whole class started cheering when I when I slapped him <laughs> and I'm like when somebody when you get hit and everybody in the room start cheering just know Dang, that you yeah. are at fault because and then it's um this was a long this might have been elementary school. This girl pushed me and I kicked her in the mouth. So period. Straight like that. You get in trouble? <clears throat> Not a lot. Cause she hit me first. Yeah, my my mom was always anti violence with my uncles. Or like if anybody touches you, you my mom was like, just pray for them. They were pray. like <laughs> My oh, uncles were like <laughs> My uncles were like actually because they were in earshot. Actually, and you lick them in and blood. I'm like, all right, everybody calm. Actually, <laughs> calm up because yeah, that, my mom's saying was somebody hit you, somebody ever hits you, hit them back twice as hard, and they'll never forget it. Yeah, like, that was my <laughs> my uncles were in earshot. They're like, so no, well, you lick them in and blood clot like that. That's what that was. What it was. <laughs> the closest I got to a fight <laughs> it wasn't even a fight. Okay, so boom. Prom was on Saturday, right? But the okay, way not you at your big age at prom. Prom was on Saturday. This wasn't even a fight. It was like a little tussle. Prom was on Saturday, 
And I had my little updo done. I had to get it done on Thursday. So I wasn't even sleeping. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't even sleeping. It's not like these girls who had like the wigs and stuff like that. I had like my little flat twist up into an updo. Like, you know, typical, like, you know, early 2000 stuff. Early 2000. Early 2000. <laughs> okay, it was 2011, but still. It was 2011, but still, like, the, that's what the girls had. Me and, like, 70 other black girls had the same type of flat twist into something. I know. I'm like, you have to, like, you 40, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's what, because you would never wear that style to prom No, today. I'm just saying. I'm like, you didn't go to prom in the early 2000s. <laughs> it's not, I mean, technically. Technically, no. Early 2000s? Early 2010s. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. And... So this dude who's so annoying, this dude named Josh, we were in orchestra because we had an orchestra concert like on Thursday. Got my hair done on Thursday, orchestra concert Thursday, and then we had what's call it. I'm not a violent person. My mouth is sharp, but I'm violent. I, I don't hit people. So you gotta be both because how you gonna have a sharp <laughs> mouth? But you know, and that's why I almost, I almost got in trouble. This girl almost <laughs> jumped me in sixth grade because I talked about her mama, but I didn't know that See? was her mama. <laughs> and I learned my lesson that day. I almost got jumped. Anyway, that's that, that's a different story. So. <laughs> so this dude Josh had came up to me and like touched my hair and I just licked him like three times like hit him oh, like in his arm like that Mr. A licked him. oh my bad sorry I forgot where I was I I punched him in his arm my bad mm-hmm. let me let's go back let's go back I did not lick with my tongue I hit this dude like four times in his arm like real hard Mr. A was looking right at me my orchestra chair looking at me but he ain't do nothing why would you do something to me because it's like you saw the whole thing go down what you finna do suspend you gonna suspend the principal violas the concert start right now. Okay, principal. I mean, that was that was. I'm telling you, that's why I peaked. I'm telling you, okay. I was okay. Anyway, I'm saying right. I was living. Anyway, um, you have a second song. <laughs> sure do. Um, okay, so I recently heard um. Coyle Ray's album which I was just bored at work and was like okay I'm gonna hear this I'm doesn't mean I've only ever heard that song she had that everybody was putting on reels and tiktoks and stuff wait which one is it cause like I don't know any of her songs it left to go Twin and them. she made something after that go best friend that's the did she make something after that <laughs> well that's her like that was a big like single that she had but she just came out with an album this month oh so, so it's me and my twin and them yeah yeah we feeling yeah um and Coyle Ray has been I feel like she is the butt of a lot of jokes because she had this this freestyle this XXL freshman like XXL does a freshman class and they do like a cypher and her freestyle was not good mm. um so a lot of people was clowning her for that for other stuff and whatever so I had never heard any Coyle Ray anything like any song in full besides that tiktok sound and um but i don't know something had me listen to it and i was like surprised i was like i pretty i liked it a lot uh well i liked some of the songs and um <laughs> no i mean i did, there was nothing I that mean, i would say fair. i disliked but the song yeah. the album was longer than i was expecting it to be because you know a lot of times when people are like kind of just like oh just for fun like whatever mm-hmm. you know people that's what I had perceived her to be, but the album yeah, that's what I seemed like it was exactly. So I was like, I feel like people didn't really give it a chance because people was also clowning her album sales, which I'm like, I mean, a lot of people are streaming music regardless, so I don't even know what y'all talking about. But um, so the first one, um, one of the songs this is my second favorite song on the album. Um, you're actually not even gonna hear her in a song, but it's her <laughs> in uh, G Herbo. <laughs> but he starts the song and he, I'm not gonna play the part that she's in mm-hmm. just because it's gonna be too long. Oh, it's called Thief in the Night. 
ass, but a nigga safe. I got 50 in my clip, 50 on my wrist. I just bought that Maybach, you can't tell me shit. Bitches, that's from way back, they still on my dick. Feel like Richie Rich, bitch, I'm Richie Rich. Every day in drip, I got 60 fits. Niggas tripping over this, this ain't really shit. 50 M's through my clink, how we split, bitch, we lit. Ain't no rap. Yeah, this is my type of carrying on. Hold on, I, you're right. I don't listen to a lot of G Herbo. I don't listen. I don't listen to any G Herbo. So I'm like, but I might now. Okay, period. Um, I'm struggling because I just, I just, there's so I found a lot of stuff. Okay, so this has been one of my favorite things, and it is a song called. <laughs> it's a song called um finesse. <clears throat> And it's by Fields, um, and man, it's I, it's the lifestyle I've taken on. I'm gonna just um, fast forward a little bit so I can avoid what happened last time. I should start doing timestamps when I do this. So, okay, let's do it right here, and it's called finesse. <coughs> Netflix and chill, so I chatty get even money. If you fall in love, Kelly Satin, you go to breakfast, I'm not capping. Can you see dripple and more catchy? I'm not faking this, no fugazi. You see these feelings, I'm not catching. I'm on quest and feet, I just want it. Ah, If I broke now my business, I'm a shy, you go right. All I care for the night. I just love it. If I'm broke, it's not my business. And I said, you know what? Oh, okay. Get into it. <laughs> I'ma show my ego bright though. Full of K for the night though. Ah, finesse. If I broke, not my business. I was like, you know what? Swipe it up, run it up, run no, it up. Oh no. <laughs> actually. <laughs> and I'm every time I say that, I'm gonna be like, actually, let's go check the account. How are right. we doing? <laughs> <laughs> But I want people been doing so much with that sound on TikTok, and it'll be like trips, uh, tickets to Bali, eight hundred dollars, bank account, eight hundred one, eight hundred and one dollars. And it'll be like, if I broke now my business, I'm like, so how would you, how you even finna get to the airport, my sister in Christ? <laughs> right. <laughs> how are you going to pay for? Are you checking a bag to go to Bali, <laughs> or you just you just raw dogging? What you finna do? <laughs> <laughs> but it's cute y'all are cute all right so my last one is also from koi's album um this is my this is so the last one was my second favorite this is my favorite uh one from that album it's her and young blue there's one lyric in here that i don't agree with which y'all hey, will, young blue i love young blue. i knew you were gonna say that i was like this sounds like somebody katie would listen to <laughs> I, I was like this sounds like somebody katie would listen to and then um and i don't listen to uh the type of music and i was gonna ask you i forgot to ask you i was gonna be like oh do you listen to this person because it just sounded like it sounded like somebody sound like y'all have a caring on um and there is a lyric that i don't agree with which y'all will know when you hear it um oh, but God. it's it's called ay 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 yeah, like I said, it's my favorite one. Aye, aye. Come take these drugs to open you up. Aye, aye, aye. I wanna get managed. Maybe later on I can open you up. 
I didn't hear it. Like this, I don't care. I, I was about to say, <laughs> if you didn't hear it, one of the first lines he says is "Come take these drugs to open you up." I was like, that's weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. Uh, we probably couldn't deal without that one, but okay. Let's see, never mind. Okay, so. I was I did I did a lot of driving over the weekend and so mm. I've been listening to okay so I listen to a lot more music than normal because you know I'd be like I just um stare into the abyss and in silence. However, <clears throat> I was reminded that the City Girls came out with a new song and it's drill style and I love that the girls are experimenting and of course like there was like mixed reviews for it because they're like why are they doing this, but it's like you either say like all this stuff sounds the same and then when they change it you're like why are you doing this it's like being a being a famous artist sounds annoying but the city girl seventh day drill bag um and also i have to apologize to the universe for carisha because her there's a verse she does where like it's so simple and i was i never dragged her but people were dragging her and i was like i can see what they're saying no carisha has a very specific rapping style sorry young miami has a very specific rapping style um that is just like simple and just like matter of fact like she's like we're rich and i'm just like you know what you are and i love it anyway this is called top notch by the city girls featuring someone called fivio foreign Bitch in the world look like this. Damn. She fine hair wrapped up. Pop her ice bottle of the crisp. Mm. Bitch, I was really broke. Fuck, I look like trying to go on this. Fuck, I look like sending shots and not making every hit. Huh? Bitches getting shit confused. Go and check the news. Pussy real tight. Got a good squish. Fat lips on the got no list. Big AP on a small wrist. Could've paid for it, but I'd rather him. Bitch, I'm on 10. Keep the lights dim. Top notch, bitch. Roll yeah. through the list. When I walk through the. She get wet when I talk to her. Yeah. Price me like four shooters. Every bitch that I'm meeting, they yeah. all lose. Every nigga you run with is all losers. Yeah. All this ice on my niggas, we all jewelers. Plus I'm moving them. Period. She's like, I could pay for it, but why not you? I said, you know what, Carisha? Very good. Very good. I'm surprised I don't listen to the City Girls because I like real ratchet stuff. So I got to start. You um, start. The City Girls are good. They yeah. are good. Like, yeah. And Santana, <laughs> Miami, like no, and Santana. I do love Santana. Man, so. I love Santana. I already talked about Santana. My love for Santana grows more and more every day. <laughs> he is just so fun. He looked oh. like he would. I wouldn't want to be friends with him. I wouldn't want to hang out with him every day. But he's like, a, you know how you he one of them people like at a party. Yeah, and oh, like yeah. you do like maybe you do like a cute little thing after the party with him, and then you don't talk to him for like another month. But also, that's his public persona. He maybe maybe he. I mean that is his public persona, so I'll give him that. I don't know Santana. I don't. But when he be on live with Young Miami, oh, I'll be like, yeah. "Oh, you're like this all the time." Yeah, oh yeah, that's true because they are just friends, like off off screen. So he be roasting Young Miami. It's so funny. Young Miami tries, and she'll be <laughs> sometimes she says rude stuff to him, like, "Yeah, you, what's going on with the face? Like by the face, you look, you look shiny, or you sweating by the face." And he'll be like, say something completely rude and like. I go on YouTube and watch their lives when I'm feeling down. It's just funny. They are 
they are funny. Santana be like, my man, my man, my, my man, man, my, my man. man. <laughs> Your man left you for dead, ho. <laughs> yeah, that's how cool. you how you invite me over with you? Ain't no snacks in here. Your man a shelf. Your man left you for dead, ho. <laughs> that is one of the only your Miami things I know at that end when she said what did she say she was like I'll do anything for a man she was like my man tell me to jump off a cliff I'm gonna do it I was like Carisha please like why would you say that Carisha Carisha is very pretty and kind of dumb and that's okay (laughs) that is okay the whole children thing is a little alarming a little alarming she has kids she has two kids oh my gosh (laughs) <laughs> Santana be babysitting. Her daughter's name is Summer. He be like, Sum Sum, Summer. <laughs> that do sound like. <laughs> oh my god, what a dynamic family! I but love I did, it. I feel like I read, I read a like a clip of an interview with with them though. That apparently Carisha is the more mature one. That's alarming, right? Because his <laughs> JT has said something about like. Like, oh, Carisha is the type. That, like, I forget how she described it. And Carisha was like, the word you're looking for is mature. <laughs> or no, no, she said responsible. I mean, she did hold it down when JT went to jail. Like, she was doing all that tour. And she was pregnant at the, at the time with Summer. Right. So she, okay, she really started, held down the Started our own. Like, she really held down the City Girls with JT. But listen, justice for JT, I understand. Every day, more and more in adulthood, I understand why you were scamming, girl. Okay, she even Okay, she even said she was like, "I'm playing." And when she did the the City of the Girls documentary, was very good. I recommend it. It's on YouTube. The City Girls documentary. She was like, "I regret what I did." Well, I don't know because who want to be broke? And I said, "You know what?" (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't she go to jail for like fraud or something? Yeah, because she was scamming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Justice for JT. I love them. People were like, if if uh if JT and Young Miami break up, who gets custody of Santana? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so funny how we started the intermission at five minutes. And no um, way. Yeah. We should do a classic 30. black challenge. Thirty minutes is an entire episode. That would be cute. I'm, listen, that would be cute. Next week, let's see. Um, oh yeah, so the topic is next. <laughs> um, okay, so how did this come about? So a while ago, um, I was talking. I've said this. I feel like in a couple of different ways. I've probably said it on the show before, um, but. I feel like there was a time when I was like in still in college and I was like sitting in music history and just like looking at the like the dates and stuff when we was learning about Mozart and when he first got out of diapers and <laughs> literally he first started learning to wipe his booty good so probably towards the end of his life and at best uh, right so because were they wiping booties back then probably not yet oh so and um yeah and I was just like I felt like there was a time where I was just kind of like looking at those dates and then I realized that like there was an entire 
slave trade going on at that time mm-hmm. and i feel like so much so much of the time like so so much of the music that we um that we look at in classical music the time at which it was written and premiered and all these events that we're learning are happening like at the same time as these atrocities against black people and i feel like uh, like it's like of course you know like when certain composers lived and like you know when slavery was happening but like you i feel like they live in two different parts of your brain like you never really mm-hmm. like think about like oh these are happening like concurrently like <laughs> you know because it's like it's of course the two different parts of the world and like but still like there's an entire history that we're learning about in classical music that is like this whole I don't know like we we learn about all the most like trivial things about certain composers and we've talked about how like we don't have enough research and stuff about like black composers um of those times but even just thinking about how when we're talking about like black people being in classical music today like looking at how ingrained like classical music has been um in the culture of like like certain white societies and in Europe and and then like upper class societies in the United States and the things that black people who were involved in classical music were having to sort of like also deal with in their lives as just black people to even be involved in classical music is like just crazy to me because you don't really think about like oh Florence Price getting her symphony like premiered or whatever but like what is the just the state of black people in America right now Mm -hmm. when that's happening like like it's actually kind of crazy to think about it so we decided to do a little one two um where we're going to be taking um some things in classical music history and explaining um some of the things that were going on um for black people at that point in time in history You going first? Hmm? You going first? Oh, I feel like I went, I went first for the intermission, so. Okay. Okay, so I want to say that my my content has a trigger, a suicide trigger, so if you want to skip ahead, you can do that. Okay, so I think I'm going to start with with the Beethoven thing. So I was actually talking, talking about this, I mean, to no avail, uh, yesterday but I was talking to about this about how I feel like we should pay more attention to things in classical music that are not documented since classical music has they're very diligent about documenting everything I mean what kind of sandwich did Beethoven have on August 1st 1803 you know what I'm saying so it's like I I find it I'm very interesting when things are not documented like um audition procedures in or American orchestras particularly like before like in the 1980s when that stuff really started popping off 1970s whatever but anyway I digress so I remembered very distinctly first of all the Beethoven unit when I was in in undergrad remember I did not go to a conservatory I went to a school of music at a at a at a state school so I took music history one and music history two so basically before Bach and after Bach all that was combined I didn't take no extra stuff mainly because that's not even really like my school's fault that's really because I was also in music education so I had to do a lot of different things I know I had some friends who took like who were performance majors who took like chamber music um it took like more detail I took like graduate level courses basically watered down for 
they had less requirements in those courses. Anyway, so I will never forget the day Beethoven, in spite of that, in spite of us only meeting three times, 15 weeks, so 45 times, 44 times, whatever, meeting 44 times, we spent a very large pers- portion, maybe like a week on Beethoven. And one of the most important things we talked about was the Hilgerstadt Testament. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I don't speak German, so whatever. But basically, in the summer of 1802, Beethoven had just fallen out with his... um with his brother Carl, they had they was tussling in the street, being real ghetto. They was fighting in the streets. <laughs> oh, <real> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> they was fighting in the streets, and they they was Beethoven was like, I don't know what this was. I think I forgot. I should really know this. I think Carl was like his like little not his assistant, but Carl was like his attorney or something. Like Carl was helping him handle his business when they started. They got to tussling, and then so he they fell out. He went to um he went for the summer Beethoven was like you know what it's too much I'm finna go to the, the little countryside I'm finna go to Hildestadt and I'm finna cool out or whatever right in the summer of 1802 and while he was there he wrote um he wrote like an, a letter to um his brother Carl and to Johan I think that was his nephew about like how you know like I can't do this no more like I'm having I, I, I can't keep continue on living like because this is also the time the most important part of this letter is that this is the time that he started coming to terms with the fact that he was losing his hearing like he was he already knew something was going on he had been to many doctors and stuff like that he was losing his hearing he was coming to terms with that he was like yo this is not it blah blah squaza and also but he also felt like this um responsibility um <clears throat> to his art and that's kind of like what kept him going but he wrote this letter they didn't find it <clears throat> excuse me until after his death like they were like oh shoot he was going through we didn't even know um but he, they didn't find it to them now i'm not trying to make light of this obviously like this is a very serious thing he's dealing with hearing loss he's dealing with suicidal thoughts i'm not making light of that i'm i'm just speaking in context of the fact that this was a huge deal that we learned about. We spent a, a day. We looked at the original document. We looked at all that stuff. We looked at. We spent the entire day working on on this one on this one aspect of his life on something on something that's not minute, but it's just like he did other things, right? You had Beethoven nine. You got Beethoven one. You got all this stuff that his little friend eyeglasses. Like, oh, you have all this stuff, and we spent a significant portion of the class, if not the whole class, talking about this document. And at the very same time in 1802 child was going down in haiti so let me tell you about it <clears throat> so the, the haitian revolution started like in 1791 because the girls were are like that's why um one thing i learned when i was studying about the maroons for this presentation i did mm-hmm. um a couple months ago right okay. i was there mm-hmm. all right for this presentation i did a couple months ago i talked about the jamaican maroons and their music mm-hmm. but in my research for that okay in my research for that i learned that there were maroons like everywhere right because I, I always knew about the jamaican maroons i didn't know too much about them but i knew like they was just up there and whatever they was in the mountains in jamaica but there were maroons like in south america there were maroons in haiti like um in H- hispaniola in general maroons were everywhere so the Haitians started up and they were like absolutely not like actually this is we we done with this like we gonna y'all gonna have to get up out of here y'all go back to France and then also main, the, the Spanish was also being nosy like y'all gonna have to figure it out okay so this dude <clears throat> named Francois Dominique Toussaint Louverture he was he's considered as uh, known as a father of Haiti because he, he was a Haitian general and he was a prominent leader in the Haitian revolution and he fought against then he fought for then he fought against the french again and he helped transform the slave rebellion into a revolutionary 
um, movement. So in in 1791, not me mixing that up. Am I good? Okay. In 1791, he entered the Revolutionary War because, like, he 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 was already a free man. He was working. He heard the girls were, like, rising up against the French. And he was like, mm, I don't know. I'm a free man. And then he was like, no, let me join. He joined as a physician. <clears throat> and um, th- and he ended up rising the ranks, <clears throat> excuse me, to a leader because he was, like, charismatic and stuff like that. He knew what he was doing. And he helped conquer the Spanish side of Hispaniola, like, like so modern day Dominican Republic to try to unite the island and when he did that like he was doing all this stuff like helping with the infrastructure sanitary concerns um he was um doing trade with the United States and trying to figure out the Britain thing like he was really like in there helping out helping everything go well right in seven in 1794 the French abolished slavery and here's what things took a turn for the worse so then Napoleon rose to power in 1802 and he wanted to regain control of Haiti. And um, so Haiti didn't gain independence until 1804. But Napoleon, in 1802, he captured Toussaint. And he jailed him. And then he died in 1803. So it's really sad that he never even saw, like, the the freedom and the independence of Haiti. But he was monumental in that time. So 1802 was a big year for Haiti because, like, Toussaint was doing all this stuff. And then Napoleon came and captured him. And the reason, oh, I just want to go back. The reason why he, I said he fought against, for, against. So he fought against France and we were like, y'all have to abolish slavery. Like, this is not, y'all over here, y'all, y'all, first of all, y'all don't bathe. And then, <laughs> and then he fought for French, for France because the Spanish came over and they were like, oh, shoot, like, y'all, what's going on with the Dominican Republic at that time, whatever. And so they so they were like, oh, no, we got to get the we got to get the Spanish out. So then that's when he fought with the French, get the Spanish out. And then Napoleon, here come Napoleon behind. He come in. He was like, oh, no, let's. And he Napoleon was like, let's reinstate slavery, which is wild to me. And then Toussaint helped with all that. He got caught because Toussaint was like very popular. He was doing all this trade. He was doing all this, everybody on the island. All the Hispaniola knew him. So Napoleon captured him, jailed him, and then he died in 1803. So all this tussling was going on in Haiti, all of this stuff. I, I have such a soft spot, excuse me, for Haiti. Like, I have such a soft spot for Haiti because they don't deserve that. They, they, they've they been going through it. They're still going through it. And it's like the whole world turned their back on Haiti. And it's just really infuriating to me. So, um. Shout out to Susan who was doing all that. He's there's I've been learning a lot about Haiti actually because of just this this TikTok creator that I follow. I should actually get her at, and she does a lot of scholarly work on Haiti and is encouraging Haitian Americans to like embrace their Haitian culture. Go visit Haiti. Don't listen and it's Haiti's dangerous. Like they she wants them to embrace their Haitian culture. I've been learning a lot about um, them. So when I was like. I knew I knew Haiti got their independence in 1804. I was like, okay, well, I wonder what's going on in classical music around that time. And that's what's going on. So that's mine. A little bit of a reach because, like, it's not like he ain't published his testament. But I just remember I just remember talking about that. I took that class at, at ISU and then at Eastman when I was in that same type of course that just zoomed in on that early Beethoven to, like, Wagner era. Um same thing it was this huge it was a huge thing but yeah that's mine what you talking about all right not my hair my hair is tripping y'all anyway um 
yeah and this was kind of hard because i i was telling katie i went back and forth and then i changed mine twice and like all of this stuff but so if you've ever taken a music history class you know one of the things that you will probably have to do is know the dates that certain pieces were composed um you might have to they might do a, the needle drop test where they drop and you have to say the composer and which is do. wild <laughs> have you um, done one of them things where like it's an unknown piece and you have to like guess like what you never have to do that ain't the whole point of the test knowing the answers girl at see, eastman they had to do this thing see look grad school is a scam anyway they did this thing get grad school is not a scam i mean depending where you go because i could tell you about some stuff but eastman's not a scam the price is high but it's not a scam they did this thing we had to do this thing where they would play a random piece and you have to surmise who the composer is based on like certain stylistic things now why that, i'm doing all that's not that fun as a game but not as uh, something yeah. i'm getting graded on <laughs> and i'm like so i'm looking at her i was like are y'all dead ass right now i'm like i've never played a piece in my life where i had to where i looked at the top right hand corner and name one there so what we doing is for <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing this for answer quickly quickly never put a piece dragon from dragon hunter to dragon okay. dances to don juan it's always been on the top right hand corner so <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> father help us anyway what you saying <laughs> um so i decided to look and i wanted to see um when you know i was just looking at certain years and stuff so in 1896 that's the year i'm going to be talking about there's a couple of pieces of notes that were composed um and or premiered in uh 1896 one of them is amy beach's gaelic symphony which is coming coming back into style um was uh it was premiered in boston um in october of 1896 um model three was completed in uh 1896 it wasn't premiered uh, until i think 1902 but um he completed it that year also strauss also sprock um 1896 another one that is so funny when you consider what was going on in um in america at that time um uh, was stars and stripes forever oh great um and obviously 1896 not a great time for america um which you could really drop a a, a, a pin in yesterday that's another that's it right i was about to say that's another <laughs> pin drop test you tomorrow could do. we ain't near you <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like these are the stars and stripes you was forevering okay um unfortunately it is a bob which i grudgingly begrudgingly admit um but that was um a huge of course um composition uh for the country so it was composed or it was yeah it was finished and composed and um let out into the world on christmas day of 1896 um in the following year in 1897 um an act of congress um made it the official national march of the united states of america so that's what y'all were doing in congress when um simpler times right right at the same time 1896 um was the day that the decision was made in a little supreme court case called plessy versus ferguson um if you plessy versus ferguson is one of the court one of the court cases that you are likely to have learned in school 
maybe not now because you know, how they're carrying on. <laughs> I mean, AP US history is a blur. I don't remember nothing. <laughs> I was in the best I can. I just wanted the AP credit. I didn't learn nothing. <laughs> it wasn't even Mr. Carter's fault. It wasn't even. I wasn't interested. Well, I was about to say the way they the way they carrying on now, banning history in history class. So. Right. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe it's the last, maybe it's the first and last time you'll hear about uh, <laughs> Plessy versus Ferguson. They going for Wikipedia next, y'all. Stay woke. Okay, so the whole situation that led to this decision in 1896 happened in 1892 um, when a mixed-race man uh, by the name of Homer Plessy um, decided to deliberately uh, board a whites-only train car in New Orleans. Um, And his lawyers petitioned Judge John Howard Ferguson uh, to throw out the case because he was arrested and charged for riding in the same train cars white people and um and they petitioned uh, judge john howard ferguson to throw out the case on the grounds that the law was unconstitutional um but ferguson overruled his petition and the louisiana supreme court upheld ferguson's ruling so then plessy then appealed to the united states supreme court um in may of 1896 that's when the supreme court issued a seven to one decision against plessy ruling that the that louisiana um that louisiana's law did not violate the 14th amendment um which um the and and they stated that um although the 14th amendment um established legal equality of white people and black people um it did not um it did not and could not require the elimination of all distinctions based upon color so um meaning that (laughs) right um so Plessy versus Ferguson is the court case that is tied to a phrase that you have certainly heard, which is separate but equal. This is that uh, that court case. Um, it's basically the court case that upheld segregation and um, and ruled that it was okay to have separate accommodations as long as they were equal in quality. <laughs> oh, sorry, y'all are ridiculous. Heaven is empty. You hear me? <laughs> Seven to one. And y'all filled up them churches on Sunday, right? With y'all separate but equal? Wow. Seven. Who was the one? Seven to one. Let me see. Who was the one? Harlan. John M. Harlan. Let me see who that is. Uh, I mean... I mean, yeah, he he was often much. called the great dissenter because um he had a lot of um N or M? Oh, N. Harland? Harlan. H A R L A N as a nose. Um he was called the great dissenter because he often dissented in civil rights cases. Um or in cases that that restricted civil liberties. Um yeah it is um i mean plessy versus ferguson is widely regarded as one of obviously one of the worst decisions in the supreme in the history of the supreme court um but if you were wondering where that phrase came from uh that's where it was from i just thought that was a very very american juxtaposition of stars and stripes forever hey girl america's great (laughs) to actually fuck black people and and you guys are terrible stay away from us like that's just it was just it's giving america and also the gaslighting of separate but equal 
when also that's the whole thing like okay forget the whatever we segregate we segregated they were not equal even if you were to <laughs> even if you were to petition just on that one point like even if you were like you were like you know what we're fine we're separate whatever they were like it's literally indisputable that they were equal that that they were not equal like <laughs> but that equal to them was like listen y'all ain't slavery that's as much as we can do exactly and that's what the thing is like they had they had all these ideas about what they thought black people deserved so it was like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised they even they even uh described it that way because I, there was a lot of black i mean there was a lot of white people who very who were fi- totally fine with saying that we don't think y'all deserve to be equal to this so Um. Um. But yeah. So his. Uh, I w- I'll read a little bit about his. Um. His dissenting opinion. Um. He wrote that the U.S. Constitution quote is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. Um. And so that a law's distinguishing of passengers' races uh, should have been co- should have been found unconstitutional. I mean, the Supreme Court. I'm surprised some people put so much respect on her name because she. <laughs> the Supreme Court. Lot. <laughs> there's a lot go- I mean at this point I mean at uh at this point like there's been you know she has her she had her years but like to be- the Supreme Court was a joke I'm sorry like in the beginning like come on <laughs> like <laughs> some of the cases like I I think some of the standout court cases that I've that I've learned out Plessy versus Ferguson is one of them Dred Scott I always forget who what the other side of the Dred Scott case was called mm. Also consider doing that one. Um, oh, oh, and by the way, one of the most famous ones, Board versus the Board of Edu- um, Brown mm-hmm. versus the Board of Education, is what overruled uh, Plessy versus Ferguson in 1954. So, that's I wonder what, what. How do you think? Let me ask you this. Let's 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 pontificate. What? How do you think? To what degree do you think the trajectory of the United States would have changed had it been flipped? If it was seven one dissenting I mean opposite that's flipped right wait well they call him the dissent they call him dissenting oh I see what you mean but the, yeah. it would be the same thing it would be still seven majority one dissenting but the decision would yeah be but the, the yeah, other yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what how much do I think it would have been changed what is this 1896 like what to what degree you think actually i just i feel like i'm an optimist but i already got my answer but (laughs) what because i just thought about it and i was just like knowing what i know but i want to i'm curious like to what extent do you believe the trajectory would have changed if they were like actually yeah you write like the constitution you know what you know i just thought of an event that i should have did but whatever you know, I mean, I mean, you can look at what happened after, after Brown versus the Board of Education. I feel like that's essentially, it was a different premise, but it was it's what overturned this decision. There are certain there would have, I mean, there would have been some differences, I suppose. Like, with, I mean, schools would have been desegregated sooner, I guess. It may, I, I mean, also, our schools I schools know. aren't even desegregated. You know what I mean. <laughs> Um, I feel like well, I had a bad view of that because I grew up in the suburbs of a liberal city. When I realized that schools are not desegregated, 
That's yeah, I mean, there was only I mean, there was only one there was only one white person that went to my school, but she was adopted by a black family. Um, so okay, right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, also because then it's like when you think when you think about how adamant people were about not desegregating. Um, I mean. Yeah, about not desegregating schools. I mean, I'm sure they would have been they would have been even more adamant about that in 1896 than they were in 1953. So also, oh, I'm absolutely. just kind of like, so I'm like, how I'm like, like if they had done it there, I don't know that it would have necessarily accelerated it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, people were just freaking insane about that, especially like, like back then when there was like no consequences for doing stuff at all, like. That remind there was this dude I forget his some white man with a talk show, so um was I talking, talking to too right. No, like not like a not like a comedy talk show, but like a he was interviewing Nicole Hannah Jones. Oh girl, and talking about how talking about how well you know it it he was basically trying to say that it was only the older white people who was discriminating against people back then. I'm like, <sighs> then why are we where we are now? Because. <laughs> there's only so much more this i can take a lot of y'all like, are very dumb he was like, well, I, you know not the young the, the young i'm like the young are now y'all and you sitting here asking that stupid question or saying that stupid and and by the and i was like he was talking well not the 20 something year old colleges i'm like if you look at any literally any attempt to integrate a college campus during this time that will tell you that what you're saying is stupid do you like the the twenty something college students were the ones that was spitting on people and throwing hot coffee at people or sit ins and, and 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 holding up signs where old sis was just trying to go to biology class. Like, what are you talking about? That was for people in their twenties, people in their late teens. Like, that's what I'm saying. I just, that's what I'm saying. like. I'm just like, this is a, such a bad timing for this conversation. I was just telling Mara earlier today. I was like, the issue I have with a lot of with a lot of white people is that like they don't pay attention to the details it's not like especially like not even a lot of white people i should say because it always it always cuts me off catches me off guard when i talk to certain people because it's like i feel like a majority of white people in my life get it like i've had white teachers basically all my life especially like when i talk about teachers who i've, I've been close to like orchestra conductors with viola teachers and stuff like that so it always blindsides me when I come against across someone who like by and large they're not racist they understand it but when it comes down to the details of the it de- the details is what trips you up and that's why I was talking about earlier I need to expand my circle because I got I'm around too many people who get it I need to I'm around too many people who get it and it always cut it always it always like throws me for a loop cause I'm like what do you what what do you mean what do you mean no, for real, what do you mean? And even if even if the 20 somethings weren't doing it, which is not true, who do you think when they were who were when they were sitting at the table with their parents talking about black people in these ways, talking about whatever, like all that indoctrination indoctrinization, whatever, it starts young. So there's so many ways and so many there's so many ways that that's just like not true. <laughs> like a lot of y'all are very dangerous because you like you you don't see the details and a lot of it it's so crazy how much of this could be avoided if you just like like i feel like a lot of people just go off of what their gut like feeling or like girl talk about it and it's just (laughs) like a lot of this could be avoided if you just stop slow down and use your noodle the noodle that god put between your ears just use it think hey I, i 
learned about oh Ruby Bridges trying to go to school and and all of the you know people and she literally had to be accompanied by the National Guard and hey I remember the Little Rock I forget how many of them nine. were there six nine is that mm-hmm. the Little Rock you know I'm getting this because there's so many city number groups yeah, yeah <laughs> but it is a Little Rock nine um the Little Rock nine just simply trying to go to class and little students throwing stuff at them spinning on them having to them having to have their own uh there was one one girl who had to have her own class just her they had that they had that six-year-old little girl ruby bridges all them all them white kids got pulled out of that class they had a six-year-old child who was already scared because there's a mob outside of this elementary school that had a little girl in there eating lunch by herself learning by herself all day long ruby bridges also very well very much alive this happened about three weeks and ago. Not even old. <laughs> <laughs> and not even old. Ruby Bridges came to my school when she had that book. Picture book came out. Is she even seventy yet? That girl, no. Like seventy. Like she just got her ARP uh, uh, booklet in the mail. Just got it. Like there's a show, late nineties, early two thousands on Playhouse Disney called PB and J Otter, and it was about this family of otters and they did all this otter stuff, and it was cartoon. And they had an entire song called The Noodle Dance. And every episode, when they came up to a problem, they would sing this little song. Do Use your noodle. Do the noodle dance. And y'all learned nothing. <laughs> y'all learned nothing. They gave you a, a one minute and 30 seconds to use your noggin. Use your noodle every day. And you took nothing from that into your adult life. Hang your head. <laughs> think through things <laughs> like if you were to, just for a second just for one like you pulled over like <laughs> for a brief second it's just it's it's so very obvious like also like you don't even need to be you don't need to get no phd in african-american history for this like you do not <laughs> you don't even need a high school diploma my girl just think through stuff that you say i don't even think like people and, and and people don't even realize like to the extent and maybe he's in that he's probably in that i'm telling you that post-civil rights generation maybe he maybe he got wrapped up in that especially because he white and um well i feel like people don't even realize like they were pulling kids out of school to to go see lynchings like it was bad they like were, they <laughs> were packing packed lunch to go it is disturbing i remember this like, is there's this creator on tiktok he does a very good job and he did he just, he did a video on on lynchings like he does well, well it depends like he just does all this type of black content and he did a he did a video on lynchings where like there are literally black people hanging from the trees and these people are having a picnic lunch next to it and someone in the comments was like can you put a trigger warning and he was like my people never had a trigger never had a trigger warning and i was like it's just like demonic when you see people are enjoying their sunday afternoon with a human being hanging from a tree. Like, it's bad. That's why I'm, like, there's just certain things, like, with the whole, I forgot, you referenced something earlier in the episode about, um, um, I think it was, you said, like, separate but equal, but y'all going to church on Sundays or something like that. It's like, y'all are literally dynamiting churches, killing children inside, and then going, talking about, oh, praise the lord that same afternoon y'all really y'all really blew up a church of some girls getting ready for sunday school like 
those girls were getting those I, girls were ready getting ready for church they went they were going to service it was in between sunday school and service like okay i just find it very hard to focus on some stuff like i found it very hard to focus in class after that moment when i realized like we're talking about this and this is going on with black people like it's just freaking crazy and it's crazy how i'm still thinking about that stupid man like how just how stupid and dumb you are like my so which stupid man we said i don't think i said the year but brown versus uh board of education is 1954 Mm -hmm. and i've shared a photo on my um on my twitter of my grandma who was in sixth grade at that time um in a in the class her her sixth grade class photo she's the only black person in the photo mm-hmm. and like my grandma's not even 80 yet like <laughs> she she turned she'll turn 80 this year mm-hmm. but the fact that like my grandma literally had to move out of her house because of the, the harassment they was throwing rocks through her window she was getting chased home from school she would pass out because of how they how they would chase her uh, home from school like she had to run the entire way home like mm-hmm. so i'm just like why how do y'all get to and she i could tell she don't even like she just said she don't really want to talk about it so i don't even know what else, what else might have gone on yeah. but like i don't understand i don't understand talk about all oh, the young people they didn't get Sixth graders were doing that type of stuff. Like, <laughs> come on! You think people was coming? You think people they had their daddy's KKK hood up and hanging up in the closet? But they was miss. Oh, I love black people. Like, yeah, no, girl. girl. Like, like, some people never even had a chance. Like, <laughs> oh, Father God, it's it's giving delusional. And through all that. Copeland was probably premiering that god awful uh, clarinet <laughs> concerto. So, two crimes <laughs> against humanity happening at once. I keep every time you mention that concerto, no, I say like, I need to. You said what? <laughs> What'd you say? I said two crimes against humanity of equal stature. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. The clarinet is gonna drag me. They do not like me. Do they? Do they <laughs> even like that concerto? They do because I put a poll up and I was in the minority, to my surprise. I, every time you mention that concerto, I, I say I'm finna listen to it. I never, cause I don't really like. I mean, if you like peace, then I will recommend you not. Like, okay, I don't mind hold down. That's him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mind that, and I actually really like working on. That little excerpt he got Appalachian Him Spring. I don't know. Appalachian Spring. Yeah. It's spring. Cause it's, I always said there's a, there's a piece for a grade one orchestra called Appalachian Him. So I always get them confused. They're literally not even similar. Um, I like practicing Appalachian Spring because it's kind of like a little challenge. Except like I don't want to play it for nobody. I just want to like because you gotta beep up beep. Yo, um, what? When I had to play that, I, when I played for Joe that one time, he was like, you want to play? I'm like, no, I do not want to play that. You, look, look at all the stuff Sphinx done gave us. I don't want to play that. There's 20-something <laughs> on it. You can just play. I'm like, mm-mm. It was either that or Don Juan. He's like, you want to play? I'm like, no. Actually, look how many stuff we got to play. You want to hear nothing else? 
We good? Yep. All right, y'all, it's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props. So there's room for everyone at the top. Please talk about Delaney. Okay, so this week I'm talking about Joseph Williams. Hey, Joseph. Um, he is a pianist and an educator um, and the founder and director of the Tequila uh, Kids Make Music, which is a free after-school music mentorship program that offers piano, guitar, voice, and violin lessons to 50 children every week year-round. He's also um, an instructor at Key to Change, which is a nonprofit violin and viola program that aims to inspire underserved youth uh, through world-class music instruction and support their development as self-aware leaders. He also serves as the community music faculty of the University of Puget Sound, where he instructs children and adults of varying abilities and musical interests. Um, he has performed at numerous venues across the United States, including the Kennedy Center, um, and abroad in, uh, Jordan and the UAE. He regularly, um, adjudicates for the regional, um, Washington State, uh, an ensemble, solo and ensemble contest, and has presented master classes at Seattle University and Jackson State University. He also curates. Uh, curates artists for musical conversations which is a series of concerts at lakewood um i've never seen that word like that it's l-a-k-e-w-o-l-d like world oh <laughs> lakewood gardens um which prioritizes dialogue um in highlighting diversity in music making um he has also been a behavior therapist for children with autism and regularly mentors youth of color on becoming the music educators of today and tomorrow. So shout out to uh, Joseph for being black and excellent. Big purr. My piece of the week is so unserious. <laughs> <laughs> That's why sometimes I feel like I don't do a very good job of giving us too much credit because every time people are like, y'all do it every week. I'm like, we get on here and run our mouths like, Okay, like I don't know, babe. But I also, I'm gonna stop saying that because I feel like sometimes people. This happens very rarely, but I've noticed like some people not taking like what we do seriously, and I don't like that. Like we cannot take. We could be like da 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 da. You gonna respect classically black? That's what. That's one thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but my piece of the week is episodes for orchestra by Ollie Wilson. Um, shout out to Ollie Wilson. Rest in peace on Fauna and Gray. Um, anyway, thanks so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or yep, the other one, send it to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you're black, join ISBM. We got like one or two more events for the year and then we all on with summer break, so don't miss it if you're black though. Okay. At Eyes Black Musicians, eyesblackmusicians.com. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. To the blue.